T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. America today, we're like one big dysfunctional family. Have you ever known a family like this? They're so dysfunctional that they're incapable of talking about what their actual problems are. So they talk about everything under the sun to avoid it. That's America. The problems obsessed over endlessly on a loop on our TV are fake, self-created, manipulated. Here's an example. Last year in 2020, just 52 unarmed Americans were shot and killed by the police. That's 52 unarmed Americans of all races. The race shot the most? Not black people. White people. There were 24 of them. 18 black people. That totals out to 52. Roughly the same number in an average year hit by lightning. Yet it's around-the-clock coverage, never-ending about systemic racism, a problem we don't actually have. But like that big dysfunctional family, we never talk about the real problems we have, ever, or almost ever, even as the alarm bells go off. In fact, that's how you know it's a real problem in this country. No one who's anyone is talking about it. Like inflation. Have you noticed it's getting more expensive every time you go to the store? A lot more expensive? Yeah, last week, the Bureau of Labor Statistics admitted prices are going up bigly, as Trump used to say. Food prices up by 3.5 percent over just the last year. USDA says that the price of meat is up 5.8 percent, poultry 4.4, fish and seafood 5.3, eggs 4.7. It's just a year. Fruits and vegetables 3.8 percent more than a year ago. That's the biggest surge in almost nine years, and experts say it's likely to keep rising. But no one wants to talk about why. That's how you know something's up. Everybody's in agreement that they'll keep going up. But again, no one wants to say why. Read articles on it, and they're written weirdly. Usually with some junk about how this isn't actually inflation. This is just prices catching up to COVID. I'm sorry, did people stop eating during COVID and now they want food? I must have missed that. Like this, this should have been huge news last week when former Obama Treasury Secretary Larry Summers said inflation indicators are flashing red alarm right now. All the signs are for inflation starting to break out, he said. I'm reading from The Hill. 
pointing to recent upticks in the cost of housing, used cars, and commodities. Ah, blah, 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 blah. Listen to this paragraph. Too much stimulus, he argued, would lead to substantial price increases, which in and of themselves make life harder for the poorest and force the Federal Reserve to raise interest rates. Here's what else he says. There's an output gap type theory, which I tend to subscribe to. That is flashing red alarm. There's a monetarist theory that looks at money aggregates. That is flashing a red alarm. There's a fiscal theory that looks at the ultimate consequences of deficits. That is flashing a red alarm, he says. Yet this is not news. Did you see this on your TV anywhere? No? And would you like to know why? Because the Democrats haven't finished looting the Treasury. That's what they're doing. They're literally looting. Congress, both parties that is, already stole an entire economy and a half. We now owe a whole U.S. economy 20 trillion bucks plus 10 trillion more. That's an economy and a half. But they made a lot of promises. And now that folks have seen how much money all the right people got in these stimulus packages, they want even more. Let me give you a hint. Them, their friends, all the right people are about to get very rich. Except there's no actual money left to steal. And so now they're just cashing in on IOUs. This is why they're distracting the public. One of the reasons anyway, with all of this racism cop shooting stuff. They want us to debate that rather than the fact that they're robbing not just us, but future generations. Absolutely blind. How blind are we talking This is the level of absurdity we've reached, folks. I don't know if you know how this works. When we do a $2 trillion stimulus package, we sell treasuries, right? People buy them. They give us the money. That's how we fund the, you know, the spending. And those treasuries that are left over that there's no buyers for, the Fed prints money and buys them up. Okay, let's do some simple math about how crazy this is. There's 7.6 billion people in the world. Let's assume... Every single person on earth suddenly wanted a U.S. Treasury and they spent a hundred bucks on treasuries, right? Now, that's impossible. Much of the world's population is too poor to do it. But let's just suppose for a minute that all 7.6 billion decided to spend a hundred bucks on treasuries. It never happened, but let's suppose it did. That would only fund $760 billion out of the $2.1 billion package we just passed. And now we're looking at two trillion more. These are not even comprehensible figures. This has never been done before in known human history. No one has any idea how it will turn out. And freakishly, no one's talking about it. All the debates on TV are whether we should spend money on this or perhaps on that. Whether people should get a bigger check in the stimulus or maybe a smaller one. But nobody, and I mean almost nobody, Tucker Carlson maybe, has bothered to debate whether we can actually physically do this without destroying our economy and the federal government. And when folks say stuff that should be newsworthy, like the former Treasury Secretary Summers, this is a big deal. Flashing red alarm? And it doesn't really get picked up anywhere. It's not major news. That's how you know something's up. The really big, really dangerous, really scary stuff is never spoken of in our society. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. One of the things I like to track on this podcast is things we've never seen before. I think those are the biggest indicators of where we're going and where the heat is in our society. Do you see this? Terror attack. Yeah, by a terror group who announced beforehand they were going to commence the terror attack as a threat. And it worked. Who are they? Antifa. We've never seen this before. They learned that Charlie Kirk was going to go speak at a church in Seattle. He's a conservative guy who often appears on Fox News. No more controversial than anyone else who appears on Fox News. He was coming to speak to church members until Antifa decided he wasn't. They threatened to burn the church to the ground, kill the minister, kill the elder members of the church, and burn and or destroy the houses around the church. I don't think even Al-Qaeda or ISIS have threatened to do anything like that recently. It wasn't covered by the mainstream media at all and was barely covered by Fox. And it worked. Here's the minister of Motion Church. His name is Roger Archer. Upon hearing that Mr. Kirk was coming to our church, radical terrorist mobs like the ones that rallied in Capitol Hill in Seattle, they sprung into action. They sprung with threatening declarations. They vowed to not only burn our properties to the ground, but also brought threats of physical violence against our church leadership, our neighbors, their properties, and basically wreak havoc in our community, this precious community that we love. I'm sitting here wondering what to do. Well, recent history has taught us that there is an apparent lack of interest at the state level of leadership to protect decent tax-paying citizens. Those terrorist mobs know that there is no consequence for their lawlessness. They have nothing to lose and nothing to fear. The soft targets of churches, the elderly, women, children, and law-abiding citizens are vulnerable to anarchists who live free of the fear of reprisal. This is the state that we live in. I should mention that our local Puyallup Police Department, under the tremendous leadership of Scott Engel, has had our back the whole way. However, they have limited resources to completely shut down a terrorist threat across our multiple locations. They literally can't cover all the bases all the time. Therefore, it is for the safety of my precious city and our precious church people that we have heartbreakingly canceled our event with Mr. Kirk. Our deepest apologies go out to Mr. Kirk and his organization. He deserves much better from our state leadership 
But unfortunately, this is where we are. I will not put soft targets in harm's way. <laughs> this, this is not an Afghan village. It's a neighborhood in Seattle. But let's look a little closer at why this might be happening. Antifa, as we know, thanks to the Department of Homeland Security and a patriot inside of it that leaked this information, they had no intention of ever becoming public. Antifa is actually a nationwide organization linked in tactics and funding state to state. Again, we know that because a patriot leaked that document. They weren't going to tell us otherwise. So what's the FBI doing about it? And here's the key part about why this pastor is right. They have no fear. Catherine Herridge, CBS News reporter, formerly with Fox, you probably remember her there, gets pretty close to the reason Antifa has no fear with this tweet. Here's what she writes. Federal prosecutors today are predicting over 500 people will be charged a connection with the January 6th Capitol riots. But how many have been charged by the FBI and DOJ in all the riots last year? From Minneapolis to Portland to Seattle, we know they did upwards of $2 billion worth of damage, completely destroyed over 700 businesses. How many has the FBI and DOJ charged in those? Well, the data goes through last fall, and it shows just over 300 were charged for riots and civil unrest, including the breakouts in Portland. So that's over 500 from a trespassing incident in which nobody except the rioters themselves were hurt, were killed, and over 300 from almost all of last year. Now do you see why Antifa's not afraid? This fear that the minister talks about can be felt by everyone now, including public officials. One of the jurors in the Chauvin trial even complained that everybody on the jury was aware of the rioting, the looting, the burning, the danger of finding anything but a guilty verdict. She was quick to say she, of course, found him to be guilty. She didn't want her house burned to the ground. But it's everywhere, and it scares everyone, and it's only getting worse. Like this morning, I heard something I've never heard before. It was an analysis of this case the Supreme Court's about to hear. It's a major gun rights appeal. Do you hear about this? It's absurd that the court is even hearing this. There's a New York law that essentially says that the Second Amendment ends at your doorstep. It's only good in your house. That's laughable, but according to Paul Clement, the attorney representing those challenging it, the problem is that the circuit courts have now begun to rule that there are no gun rights outside your house. And he says, thus the nation is split with the Second Amendment alive and well in the vast middle of the nation, but not near the coasts, where he says many states don't really have a Second Amendment anymore. So it's absurd that this even has to be reaffirmed at the Supreme Court level. But what's even more absurd is the coverage. For the first time ever, I actually heard a legal analyst say that how the court rules on this will depend on how afraid they are of the Democrats. She's referring to a letter Democrat senators wrote last year threatening the court not to take other gun freedom cases because they'd pack it and take their power away. Left unsaid now, as it was during the election challenges, is that if you do the wrong thing, who knows who might show up at your house? It was a stunning legal analysis by Carrie Severino with the Justice Crisis Network. We've never seen this before in America where courts are so influenced by fear of Democrats and their minions that it will affect potentially how they rule on whether we do 
or do not have a Second Amendment right to bear arms? The court is now, as it's currently constituted, should be very protective of these rights. It's very clear that the original understanding, as Antonia pointed out, it's keep and bear arms. It's not just hold your arms at home. It's be able to use it for self-defense because the, the court has said that's the core of this right. But, you know, it's important that last time the court started to take a case to talk about this question, there was a very threatening uh, amicus brief that came from Senator Whitehouse and several other Democratic senators that basically said to the court, if you don't drop this case, we're going to maybe have to take action like packing the court. And the court unfortunately did drop the case um, following that amicus brief. And now, of course, we have legislation to pack the court in front of the House right now. So I think it just shows that giving in to bullies is not the right way to go about. They're, they're going to move ahead and try to pack the court either way. I hope the court stands firm, makes sure people know they have a right to keep and bear arms to defend themselves. Right. And it doesn't just stop at your front door. That letter was unconscionable. That letter by Sheldon Whitehouse at all unconscionable. Meanwhile, the federal takeover of police departments continues. I guess they're going to do one a week. Now they're going after Louisville. That's where Breonna Taylor was shot. Folks, that's what this is all about. All the race rhetoric. The lies, the twisting of the statistics to make it look like a major systemic case of racism in this country. This is all about the left taking over police departments in anticipation of the day when states will nullify the radical things they pass. They need officers to answer to them, specifically to the federal government, not to you. And they had succeeded in doing that under Obama, taking over 36 departments. It goes like this, for those of you who didn't catch my podcast last week was Wednesday called The Left's Plan to Take Over Your Police Department. First, they come in and announce an investigation. To make the investigation stop, they offer you a consent decree. If you don't sign a consent decree, agreeing to let them run your department like little dictators, guess what? It's going to be tens of millions of dollars to fight them in court. And they tend to pick police departments that are headed by Democrats who always roll over. And don't resist, otherwise they'll be called racist. And then a team of liberal civil rights attorneys literally runs your police department, even down to the level of dictating how many black people and white people you can arrest in a month. So here's how this works. The media looks at the race of the victim and the race of the officer. If the officer is white, the victim's black, they scream racism. And that opens the door for the federal government to come in and take over these police departments. When they do... They govern everything from use of force to the race of the people who can be arrested. Here's former federal prosecutor Jim Trusty talking about what it looks like when the feds take over a police department. Remember that before Obama left office, his administration took over 36 major city police departments, controlling the policing of over 40 million people. Well, what comes from it is a giant deep dive by the federal government. You know, it's kind of like David and Goliath, but David doesn't have a slingshot because no local mm -hmm. police department, even one in a good sized city like Louisville, has a real chance of fending off what DOJ civil rights ends up telling them to do. So they'll do a very deep audit all the way through practices, all the way down to the email exchanges and dispatch records. And they'll eventually, almost like any federal commission, find something wrong and threaten civil litigation or a consent decree. So it's going to come towards a civil settlement that'll last for years with federal supervision over this department like it does in almost every uh, Is the ultimate outcome of this a defunding of the force? 
No, it's just a loss of control. I mean, you know, it's it's the 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 folks at DOJ civil rights that have their own notions of what training should look like and how the police resources should be used and and uh, what the practices should be on the streets. And so it's very much a DC centric approach that says we're going to go ahead and take over management on a lot of levels. I'm concerned that we're seeing this in kind of rapid fire and we're going to see more of it. It's not that good cops can't withstand the scrutiny, but when they realize what's really being put in place is a regime that will last for years with all sorts of publicized recommendations that they you know, focus more on whatever, midnight basketball than stopping gun violence. I mean, good, good officers will leave when they feel Big Brother breathing down their neck and second guessing them in this climate where the police don't get much support from the local politicians. And there we have the end game. The end goal, get rid of the police so they can be replaced by something else or rather someone else who answers to the Democrat Party. They'll come in with some version of a local civilian corps that's unarmed or D.C. will simply begin funding replacements, as was originally the Obama plan. Again, if you want to understand how the real plan here isn't to fund at all, it's replace with folks loyal to the Democrat Party and Democrats specifically, very much the FBI model. Give a listen to my April 21st podcast. And thank you for listening to this podcast. Please subscribe and share with like-minded friends and family everywhere so they'll know what the heck is going on in this country. Battleground America with Tara Servatius. Please subscribe on radio.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Be sure to share with your friends and family. Thank you for listening. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.